0: The Finding Clarity podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we put together a podcast where we try to answer a question that you wouldn't normally get the answer for if you were listening to a morning message or if you were attending Sunday school or even a part of our Bible studies here at the Kerwinsville Christian Church. So we try to bring a question that's relevant, that you're asking, and we try to show you an answer from the scripture. Well, today we're going to address an issue that's very relevant to each and every one of us because we all have to deal with this if we're a believer in Jesus Christ. And the question has to do with how we react to something that usually happens in our lives Typically, this happens throughout the week, even throughout the month. At some point, you will be exposed to this, and you want to know, how do I react to it? So here's what the question is. How should Christians react when people use God's name as a curse word? How should Christians react when people use God's name as a curse word? That's a very relevant issue because folks, if you've been walking around, if you've been living life as a believer in Jesus Christ, whether you are at work or with family, shopping, somewhere you're going to hear somebody using God's name in an inappropriate way. And you're going to want to react to that. Well, the question is, What does the Bible say about that, and how should I react? So we're going to discuss that today. So let's first of all look at the issue. Often you will find yourself in a situation where someone curses God. You and I will find ourselves in situations where someone curses God. Usually it happens in a situation of a tragedy. For instance, if you go to Job chapter 1, and you consider Job losing his children and all of his wealth, Job is told by his wife to curse God. Curse God. See, that's a normal human reaction, especially during a tragedy. Sometimes people will use it in other ways that are not appropriate as well. To emphasize a point or to react to something. And typically, they will use God's name in vain, or God with a curse word. So we'll often find ourselves in those situations. Now, as a believer, it should bother you to hear God and Jesus's name misused. It should bother you. If you're not bothered by that, that says something. That's something you need to examine. If you're not bothered by Jesus' name being misused or by God's name being misused, and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then that's really an issue that you're going to have to examine. Why am I not bothered by that? Because you should be bothered by it, because Jesus and God are the one who saved you, who have forgiven you, who take care of you. So your dilemma, my dilemma, is knowing how to respond to it. And you have probably seen different people reacting in different ways. You've probably seen the person who speaks up angrily and tells the person to stop. Or you've probably have seen, or you are that type of person who just doesn't say anything, you're just bothered. Or maybe you quietly say something and tell them that you're a follower of Jesus and you don't appreciate it. So this is what we're going to look at today. How should we react? And so in order for us to come to a conclusion with this question, we've got to look at a couple of things. First of all, we've got to look at the command. What is the command in the scripture? And we find them in the Old Testament. And then we're going to look at how to respond. And when we look at the issue of how to respond, because the issue of cursing God is a sin, we could take the principles that we talk about here with regards to this issue and apply them to other issues as well. But we'll talk about that as we get further along into the podcast. So let's talk about the command. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It's actually the third commandment. We find it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. It's reiterated in Deuteronomy. But we're focusing right now on Exodus Chapter 20, verse 7, and the commandment says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. All right, so I've got several points I want to make here about this command. Okay, first of all, the Lord clearly commands that no one is to take his name in vain. You can't get any more clearer than what the scripture says. You can't get any more clearer than that third commandment. You and I are not to take the Lord's name in vain and the person who takes the Lord's name in vain won't be held guiltless. There's no innocence there. There's no, oh, excuse me, I made a mistake. No, no. If you're doing this, this is and this is very much a transgression of God's word to you and I as far as how we're to live our lives. Now, The next thing I want you to see is that when we look at this whole issue of taking the Lord's name in vain, the issue concerns using God's name in such a way that brings him honor. See, that's why it's forbidden. When you and I use his name in vain, we are not bringing him honor. And one of the things you're going to notice throughout scripture is that God has many names, And the reason why he has many names is because no one name completely describes who he is. And so when we take the Lord's name in vain, we are actually dishonoring him. We are actually blaspheming who he is. And so this command concerns the whole issue of using God's name in such a way that brings him honor. That brings him honor. Now, what I want you to see is that when we talk about taking his name in vain, we're talking about doing it in two ways. Okay, The first way, taking his name in vain, includes swearing by his name falsely. Listen to what Leviticus chapter 19 verse 12 says. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am am the Lord. So it's the whole issue of you know, where somebody says, I swear to God and, and that type of thing where actually they're doing that, but they're not being forthright. They're not being honest. They're using it in a false way. God says that's taking his name in vain. You and I are prohibited from doing that. Now, with regards to the whole issue of swearing, we discussed that in the last podcast, podcast 103, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast concerning whether or not it's right for you and I to swear an oath to God. The next thing I want you to see about taking his name in vain is this. Taking his name in vain includes cursing the name of God and Jesus. It includes that. And I've got a couple of scriptures here, again from the Old Testament, again from the law. Exodus chapter 22, verse 28. You shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. There it's talking about the way in which we talk about God. We're not to do it. Leviticus, again, the law, 24 verse 15. Then you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. It's an issue of forgiveness here. That's not what you and I should be doing. Now you're saying, George, well, yeah, you know what? I'm very much aware of this. I know that this is the commandment. This is why I'm bothered. This is why I want to react. Because we're told not to do this. And here's this person doing it in my presence. He doesn't care or she doesn't care. And I want to react. How do I react? Well, let's talk about how to respond to somebody taking the Lord's name in your presence. And the reality is folks, at some point, somebody's going to take the Lord's name in vain in your presence. Chances are it's even going to be on the movie or the TV program that you're watching, or the news. Somebody taking the Lord's name in vain so and cursing God. So, let's take a look here. First of all, let's talk about our natural tendency. Our natural tendency is to react with anger. Just the bottom line. When we talk about somebody talking about your God and your Jesus, your natural tendency is to react in anger. That's a natural tendency on all of our parts. So the person who speaks up and angrily tells the person to stop doing that, they're responding out of their natural tendencies. But... This brings me to my second point, though. We must recognize that this is natural for unbelievers. All right, did, did you hear what I said? The whole issue of taking God's name in vain, the whole issue of cursing his name, that's natural. That's natural behavior for someone who doesn't know Jesus. Let me give you a couple of scriptures to show you what I'm talking about here. Psalm 139, verse 20 says this For they speak against you wickedly, your enemies take your name in vain. Here, the psalmist is very clearly saying that it is a natural part of unbelievers, the enemies of God. And folks, let me just be honest with you the scripture describes. People who don't know Jesus, people who are not saved as the enemies of God. And so the psalmist is saying that their natural tendency is to curse God and to take his name in vain. Listen to what Jesus says. Again, reflecting on this whole issue that it comes from an unbelieving heart Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. He's rebuking the Pharisees. Listen to what he says. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Did you catch that? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So again, when you're talking about an unbeliever, they don't have a regenerated heart. They don't have a new heart. They are lost in their sin. They are guided, as Ephesians chapter 2 would say, by the lusts of their body, by uh, the culture, and by the enemy himself to what? To reject God. And so this is only natural for them. It also points out when you hear somebody who is cursing God and you want to react to it, you've got to recognize this third point here. It also points to the influence of Satan in this world. It also points to the influence of Satan in this world. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Here he's discussing a problem that's happening among the Corinthian believers. There were some who were cursing the name of Jesus as a part of the worship service, and they were saying this is from the Holy Spirit. And listen to what Paul says. I therefore make known to you that nobody speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Again, this is emphasizing the point that it's natural for unbelievers, but it's also pointing to the fact that this is not the influence of God's Spirit, but rather the influence of Satan that is causing that person to curse God or to take his name in vain. So that brings up another couple of points that I want to make about this whole issue of reacting. you got to recognize that our reaction comes from the fact that our moral standard, the standard which we hold to, God's standard, has been compromised. So we want to react to it because that person who's saying it isn't conforming to the biblical standard. Well, here's what I want you to understand. Here's my fourth point. You cannot expect unbelievers to uphold God's standards and law. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, and this is very relevant to to the situation that we are in our world and in our society. We want to impose a code of morality on unbelieving world, and we're upset when they don't embrace it or when they want to gravitate away from it. But the bottom line is, unless you have Jesus in your life, you're not going to be able to be, you're, you're not going to be able to perform that moral code. You're not going to be able to live within that moral code. And you and I can't expect unbelievers to live within a moral standard. So with specific, specifically with this issue of cursing God or taking his name in vain, I can't expect unbelievers to respond that way because they don't know Jesus, do you, do you understand? They don't know Jesus, so therefore, they're not going to respond that way. So how do I respond? How do I react to them? Well, that's where we come to a very key passage of Scripture. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Someone would say, well, you know, George, this is talking about a brother who is in sin. No, no, look at what the scripture said, if a man is overtaken in sin. So here's my final point as far as how we react. You have to respond with grace as with any other sin in someone's life. Because listen, you and I are talking about someone sinning when they take God's name in vain, and all sin is wrong. This is just one form of blasphemy. The ultimate blasphemy that they're committing is unbelief. So when we talk about that, we need to act graciously to them Why? In hopes of reaching them with the gospel, in hopes of them coming to Christ. Now, if we attack them because that's our natural reaction, because we're angry that they're taking the Lord's name in vain, I'm going to be honest with you, you are not doing anything to get you closer to reaching that person for Jesus. You're not going to do anything there. If anything, you may turn them away because you're imposing on them a moral standard that they cannot keep. Unless they have Jesus, unless they're saved. So you need to respond with grace. Okay, so here's the bottom line. The bottom line is, is you and I live in a sinful world. We live in a world where people have a propensity because of Adam, because they're born with that propensity to do evil. To reject God, to rebel against him. And in that rebellion against God, they're going to take his name in vain. They're going to curse him. Now the question is, is how do you, you, someone who loves Jesus, someone who is a follower of Christ, someone who loves God, how do you respond to that? Well, I think you recognize that what's going on here is part of a greater problem. And the greater problem is this, They don't know Jesus, and you want them to know Jesus, so you deal with them in grace as you try to reach them for the gospel. Finding Clarity Podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions that you and I might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we put together this podcast, but you're sitting there and you're saying, George, well, you know, I've got some questions. In fact, maybe the issue that we're talking about raises some further questions. How do I get them to you? Well, if you're a part of the Kerwinsville Christian Church family, I would just encourage you to talk to me anytime. Send me a note. Send me an email. Message me. Write a note, throw it in the offering, it'll get to me, we'll look at answering the question here on the podcast. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you live in the Clearfield County area and you don't have a church home, I would encourage you to come to the Kerwinsville Christian Church, check us out, and you're going to find a group of believers who love the Lord, who aren't really worried about what your story is, they're just going to be glad that you're here if you're seeking Him, and I would encourage you to come. Our morning worship service is at 1045 on Sundays. We're located at 700 State Street in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. That's the main route in Kerwinsville. As you're going out of Kerwinsville towards Grampian, we are the last church on the left. We encourage you to come to a service. You can also contact us through Facebook, facebook.com slash We encourage you to like the page, but you can direct message us there. You can even write on our wall the question, did you have? We'll look at answering it here on the podcast. You can also go to our church website, kermansvillechristian.org. Simply go to the contact page there. You'll see a form to fill out that you can submit and submit a question that way. Next week... We're going to look at a question concerning the issue of confession. Now, we understand confession a little bit. We've talked about confession before here on the podcast. But we're going to talk about the involvement of others in our confession. Because, for instance, James chapter 5 says that we should confess to one another. But we've got questions about that. So here's the question we're going to look at. Why should we confess our sins to one another? Why should we confess our sins to one another? Until next week, take care.